welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your hosts, Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Lawrence Smith. FCS football fans nation, every single team gets a bye week throughout the regular season, and sometimes the admins take one too. We apologize for missing you last week, but don't worry, we're back, and we are here to catch up with the last two weeks and this last weekend's chaotic start to what is soon to be a more chaotic playoff season. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the FCS Football Fans Nation podcast. I am one of your hosts, the unbiased Bison admin, Matthew Frazee. I am joined with Mr. Screeching Eagle, the one and only Cheney Houston. Can't even finish that nickname, Kyler Neal. Kyler, how are you tonight, buddy? How you doing? Cheney Houston? the heck is that? I would move there. Sounds like a great place. I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself up there in Fargo in Canada? I'm doing good. As uh, we discussed earlier throughout some messaging, uh, we were crazy chaotic with our jobs. The real world took us over last week. Myself uh, with the Air National Guard here in North Dakota, yourself down there. Were you flying for sales? What, what, were, what were you closing there, Kyler? Uh, not closing anything. We have our annual managers meeting to where we're like discussing how 2019 went, how our goals were. So we were with, you know, 300 people in Albuquerque with just the managers of the company. And, uh, you know, the, the day started about 7 a.m. and they didn't get done till 9, 10 p.m. And then after that, then we go to the bars and hang out and, you know, hang out with each other since most of us live pretty far away. So, yeah, I, I just did not have time. And unfortunately, you know, I missed your voice. Yeah, I know. It's this is this has just been sad. And sometimes the real world catches us as everybody who knows who listens to this podcast. We're just real folks, real fans, uh, real families and friends. We're not paid for this. We just enjoy it. We do it for our, our followers on the Facebook page. So Wait, you're uh, not so, paid? I well, Dwight hasn't sent me a check in years. So Oh, I mean I'm I'm doing pretty well, but uh, uh maybe we should talk to Wyatt about that. Wyatt Cook, he's gonna pay for this one. Man, I I better get back paid. So uh, guys, we don't receive anybody from anything from these folks, but we don't think we should because they are amazing because I'm about to plug the Versus Sports Simulator app. As always, our podcast is brought by the Versus Sports Simulator app, which is one of the most accurate sports analytical tools on the market today. Remember that last season, the Versus Sports Simulator was accurate on 76% of all college football games on the year. That includes all the divisions and the best division, the FCS. Other sports analytical tools sat around 74%. So if you're once again trying to impress your family members with score predictions, if you're trying to see outcomes of future games or play some bets in Vegas, download the Versus Sports Simulator app today by searching Versus Sports Simulator app on the Google Play or iTunes App Store. Thank you so much for sponsoring our, our show. Awesome, awesome app. All right, Kyler, we are playing catch up this week. And so that means we need to get right into it. That being said, we got 12 or 13 questions we're really going to dive into, 31 questions total, so our speed round is going to move pretty fast. But in the ones we actually want to dive into a little bit, uh, Mr. Preston Adams actually is asking about Lawrence and what was his excuse for the bye week. He really wants people to know 
but we're going to touch on that a little bit more at the end of the episode. So we'll pause that question, Preston, and we'll catch that one at the end. So keep on listening, bud. In all seriousness from Preston, he has a follow-on question, Kyler. He says, did University of New Hampshire just miss the playoffs by their blowout loss to James Madison? And let's talk a little bit about that chaos with them being number 10 in the playoff committee. What do you think of New Hampshire right now and their playoff chances? Well, yeah, just to touch base kind of on that playoff committee top 10 spot. Um, that was ridiculous to even consider them in the top 10. You know, they were a top 20 in most people's votings. They're not even receiving. You know, they're not a top 25 team this week. I don't know why they put them at number 10. I mean, they lost to Holy Cross on the beginning of the year. Holy Cross is a 500 team in the Patriot League. Like, it, I don't understand that reasoning, but oh well. Um, they normally get the seedings down right. But for this specific question, did they, did they, are they going to miss the playoffs because they lost to James Madison? To lose to James Madison? Absolutely not. No, James Madison's the number two team in the league. And, and right now... New Hampshire is still have they still have two very winnable games. You know they play Albany and then at home versus their rivals Maine. So if they win out, they're in the playoffs. They still control their own destiny. Did losing to JMU make it a little harder? Absolutely. Uh, but but now they control their own destiny. This is kind of what you want and want when you're a team. You know you need to win out to make the playoffs. It's exciting. You take one game at a time. So no, they're not completely out of the playoffs. If they still win their next two games, they're they're in. Yeah, there's a uh, gentleman at Village Terrier. He is a Twitter account, awesome individual who covers a lot of the SoCon. He's a big Wofford fan. Um, I think his Twitter handle right now is Beat Furman with that big game coming up. But he tweeted at our FCS Football Fans Nation Twitter account, and he actually tweeted about how seven wins, regardless of like Division Two and regardless of the Power Three conferences, how seven wins has substantially given you an opportunity to enter the FCS playoffs. Well, I can't quote all the st- statistics, but it was like pretty overwhelming of how well, like that could help you out. Well, that, that's true, but at the same time, that's been on 11-game schedules. This one's new. This is a 12-game schedule, so it makes it a little different. So we just can't go back off of you know historic data points because all of that historic data has been 11-game schedules You know, since they expanded to 24 teams. So... Seven seven wins typically gets you in. It might not um, on this 12-game schedule. That, that's where it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. In New Hampshire, I don't think they had an FBS opponent this year, unless I'm off on that. So they're going to get an opportunity to pick up maybe an extra you know, FCS win that maybe some of their programs don't have. But beating Albany, Albany's got a good record right now, and they're going to go up against Maine as well. They actually have some pretty good quality wins because right now Villanova is still ranked top 25 and New Hampshire beat them by eight points. Um, Everybody gets killed by James Madison. And then on top of that, New Hampshire beat Stony Brook, which Stony Brook's kind of that fringe team, you know, but uh, that's, you know, not a terrible win by any means. Also had a win over Elon previously. So I would say if they get to seven wins, they've got a shot, especially with the fact that the bubble is just ridiculous right now. I mean, you look into like 14 down to 25 and then some of the teams that are right outside. Boy, Kyler, you're a stats voter. I'm not sure how you're figuring this out and looking at it, but are you having a ton of difficulties? And how does New Hampshire look in comparison to the rest of the teams that may be in the bubble right no, now? No, I'm taking a lot of bribes. So um, whoever wants to be in the top 25, you know, <laughs> send me a check. Maybe that's how I'm getting paid. It's not why it's, you know, New Hampshire. They're paying me. New Hampshire's still in my top 25. You know, they've actually had an impressive run since um they're pretty awful start losing to holy cross like i mentioned uh but they are on that cusp they are you know 23 to 25 in my polls um yeah it 
there, there's a lot of bubble teams. I really don't think this year 24 teams deserve to be in the playoffs. You know, maybe we'll get into this later. Um, I've been pretty vocal about it on the page. Um, I really don't think 24 teams rarely ever deserve to be in the playoffs. So the bubble is pretty intense this year. Um, but yeah, New Hampshire is right in that mix. If they win out, in my opinion, they're in the playoffs. If they don't win out or, you know, lose one game, they're out of the playoffs. So it, it should be fun. But there are quite a bit of teams on that bubble to where anything can happen right now. Yeah, it's tough to predict. Um, I'll, I'll say right now, I'll go with no. I think there's going to be some uh, sexy teams that are outside of those Power 3 conferences that are going to get in with more than seven wins over maybe UNH. So if I had to answer his question just straight up, I'll go with no for now. But I could be wrong. Uh, Kyler, moving on to another conference, another area of the country, the Southland playoff teams. Mr. Dustin Helton wants to know how many do you believe the Southland can actually get for playoff spots? And does UCA still get a seed after their performance against SLU? I'll let you take this one right off the bat. I got some opinions about that UCA, but I'm, I doubt we can. Um, man, the Southland has been so crazy. Uh, my mind is changing every single week. Uh, about five weeks ago, I saw on the podcast, the Southland is looking strong. They have four bids. The next week, I said, holy crap, you know, shit just hit the fan. They have one bid. And now, I'm, now it's, you know, a couple of weeks left before the end of the season. And right now, I would say they're looking like a two to four bid conference. Um, the teams that are potentially going to get a bid, and, and I don't have an exact number. I just think it's going to be two to four. I don't know which one is going to happen because anything can happen, but um, Central Arkansas looks like they'll make it. Southeastern Louisiana could. Sam Houston still could. And Nichols. Um, Nichols and Southeastern Louisiana play each other at the end of the year, so that could be a playoff elimination game. But as for you know um, Central Arkansas, yeah, I think they're out of the seeding for now. You know, they're going to have two losses in the Southland, and I don't think that's going to be good enough to grab a national seed. They'll be right outside of it. Um, they're still anywhere between a top 10 to 15 team, but, you know, top 10 to 15 teams don't grab a seed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to be with you on that. With UCA, it's just that that two losses is, is not going to do you well. And it's almost like, we're going to see a few more teams like Montana or Montana state tear each other up. Weber and Montana are actually going to play, which really shouldn't affect them much in terms of which one gets a seed and which one gets higher or lower. So I think right now we're just going to try to see where the Illinois state, UNI's, the Montana Sacramento States, where they kind of fall within all this thing. And I don't think UCA is going to get up there and get that seat at this point. Uh, but the, the Southland's definitely going to get their opportunity to be more than easily more than a one or two team you know, bid conference, which will be interesting. And on the topic of seeds, Kyler, Mr. Quan Curtis wants to know, are we considering the Illinois State Redbirds as a seed if the season ends today? The only losses to the, to the team are who are, are for teams that are being considered a seed and an FBS loss. And he says, thank you. Awesome, Quan. I love that. Shit, giving us nice little thanks. Uh, looking into the resumes, I actually do these every single week and I post them on the page. Illinois State right now is going to be sitting with that ranked win against SDSU, huge win for them to beat the Jackrabbits. I mean, you can question Jabor Gibbs not being around and if that's actually affecting SDSU, but they still have an outstanding front seven on defense. Their offensive line's really good. The skill players are amazing. So at home, losing 27-18, that was a good matchup between two quality teams and a huge win for Illinois State because it's their only ranked win on the year. And you're right, the FBS game, you know, losing to 3-6 and six Northern Illinois and then getting blown out by NDSU and you and I beating you by 17. But right now you and I and NDSU are both top five teams. So 
I think what really benefits Illinois State is kind of the crapshoot that is trying to figure out who is even number nine or number 10. I mean, Furman's kind of right there in that 9-8 range, but you, you look at Montana State's in that spot now. It was UNH last week. So I think Illinois State, if the season ended today, is 100% a seed. And their final two games, Missouri State at home, and they travel to a struggling Youngstown State right now. I think Illinois State 100% wins those next two games, and I don't think there's any debate for them not to be a seed. Are they like some elite team that I think could go and beat a James Madison or, or a Weber or somebody? I'm going to say no, but I think their schedule and what they've done so far is going to set them up good for a seed. Kyler, you got any uh, disagreement with me on that one? Yeah, I mean, the big thing he said is if the season ended today. Absolutely, if the season ended today, Illinois State is a seed. They are the number eight seed. I don't think you can make an argument for them to be above eight, and I don't think you can make an argument for them to be below eight. I think they are the eight seed. Um, And like you said, their next two games are winnable. So even if the season didn't end today, like it doesn't, um, their next two games are winnable, and if they win them, they're 100% a seed. They just can't afford one more loss, and who knows? Youngstown State can be tricky at times. Even when they're struggling every now and then, they can show glimpses of greatness. So if they lose that game, they're out of the seeding. But right now, in what I'm imagining Illinois State to do, um, yeah, they should win. They should grab a seed. And if they win the next two, they might be able to climb up a spot or two. Yeah, I'd put them at seven. My only disagreement with you, I just think South Dakota State with no ranked wins and obviously getting head-to-head, maybe they bounce down to the eight. And I don't think Furman or Montana State has a claim to jump up above them. That's nitpicking, but that'd be my disagreement yeah. at the end of there. Give them the my, my South Dakota State's my number 10 team right now, so they're not a seed right now. If they beat UNI, they jump up, but then UNI falls out. Um, but, yeah, right now, I mean, the question was, is Illinois State a seed? And we both agree they're totally a seed. Yeah, absolutely. Man, what what a tough—I I do not want to be on the committee this year. And Oh, my goodness, that would be insane. Uh, Kyler, we're going to keep on the theme of seeds because that's where everybody's getting you know interested right now. Everybody's interested in the playoffs and where we're going to end up. And obviously, we can't predict the future, but we saw this last year with UC Davis, Eastern Washington, and um, I'm, I'm missing one. I'm missing one of your big sky, folks. But Weber. Weber, there you go. Alan Avidal wants to know, three seeded teams from the Big Sky Conference if Montana beats Weber. Can we see it happen again? What do you think? Yeah, it, it can happen. You know, it happened last year, like you mentioned, and it can 100% happen again. Um about, I don't know if you guys remember this, but about four to five weeks ago, um, I kind of said this on the podcast. I said Sac State would beat Montana. Weber State would beat Sac State, which a lot of people thought I was kind of stupid for suggesting that. Um, and then I predicted Weber traveling to Montana and losing to Montana. They all share that, th- you know, big sky title. Each one is seven and one. And at seven and one, because I don't think Montana's going to lose Montana State and Weber won't lose to anyone else after Montana. And Sac State, hopefully they have Kevin Thompson back. If he's back, they're not losing anyone left on their schedule. Um, then, yeah, you can easily see three seeds and they will have the three through five seed if that plays out the way I projected, you know, or predicted four to five weeks ago. Um, but if Montana loses, you know, it, it would have to it would have to depend on what everyone else is doing. They could maybe get an eight seed with two losses, um, two FCS losses. But at the same time, I don't think their resume would be good enough. I think they would be just outside on that nine to ten spot. So if if Montana beats Weber, hundred percent, we're getting three seeds because I don't anticipate Weber losing again. 
But if Montana loses to Weber, you know, there's probably likely going to be two big sky teams unless Sac State falls apart too. And then maybe Montana slides into that other seed. So if Sac State still has the injury to the quarterback, do you, and if they lose a game, is, does that kind of throw a wrench in the plans, do you think? Yeah, if Sac State, because they actually, you know, UC Davis I'm not high on. I don't think they're that good, but that is a rivalry. They're, what, eight miles apart or something ridiculous. You know, they're really close, 20 miles apart. That is a rivalry game, and you want your quarterback in that game. Um, Kevin Thompson has been amazing. Without Kevin Thompson, I'm not sure – you know, Sac State can be a top 30 team. Um, they barely beat NAU last year, and, you know, that was one of Eastern's easiest games on the season, and Eastern Washington's not that good this year. So, yeah, um, if Sac State loses, you know, to UC Davis or North Dakota, and I think that's their, their next two teams, um, which aren't, you know, the easiest of games. Um, they're not overly difficult if you have your quarterback, but that, that would definitely throw a monkey wrench into the system to where I don't think a team – that has two two FCS losses in the Big Sky grabs a seed unless some other strange things happen. Um, now I know I said that about Illinois State. You know they have two losses therein um, right now. UNI has two FCS losses therein, but I'm not sold a Big Sky team with the history of our seeding. That if two losses, two FCS losses, I'm not sold that that will get a Big Sky team a seed. Well said, man. I mean, I can't really add much to that. You, you pretty much crushed it, and that's why we have a big sky genius like yourself on here. So awesome stuff. We'll see how it plays out. That Montana and Weber game is going to be huge. We actually didn't get a question about this, Kyler, but I'm just going to ask it now. Um, who wins that game, Weber, Montana? Quick score prediction from, from you right now. What do you Yeah, think? so I'm just going to go back because I want some chaos, um, and I hate – picking montana for anything so uh but but i predicted predicted it about four or five weeks ago so i'm just gonna stick with it because so far i've been accurate um i think weaver state is a better team but i think montana is going to win at Wagriz, and i will say 32 to 24 Ooh, classic um, yeah, I haven't given Weber credit as everybody knows like this entire time i continue to downplay their success and if I jinx them here, then I guess it's my fault. I will finally go with the Wildcats to go into Montana and get a win. Seven, ten-point game. Give me Weber to continue their streak. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to look too much into last week. That happens after coming up a big win. Uh, give me Weber to win that game. Well, so, so. so, yeah, I I did not give Weber the respect they deserved last year. And I was like, oh, it was a fluke. You know, right now they've lost in the regular season – only two FCS games in the last three years. They and they've lost a lot of their key That's players, insane. and they're just yeah. I mean, they're putting up regular season like North Dakota State numbers. I mean, in a, in a way, um, you know, they lost to Southern Utah two years ago, which is one of their rivals when their quarterback was out with an injury. Um, and then they they ended up beating them in the playoffs. So will you really count that a loss? Last year they they beat Eastern Washington, who was the second best team in the Big Sky last year, and then you know they had a weird road fluke win at NAU because playing at 7,000 feet is weird. And that's also probably why Sac State struggled a little bit. You know, that's hard to prep for playing at 7,000 feet. You know, you don't get that unless you're playing Wyoming. Um, No one else is used to that type of elevation. So those are their only two regular season losses um, the last three years. I mean, I doubted them. It's hard to not give Jay Hill and his team credit. I think once Jay Hill leaves, that program's going to go back in the crapper, but as long as he as long as he's there, dude, they're they're the big sky favorites. 
And as an Eastern fan, I'm upset saying that. But right now, Weber State, the last two years, and now this year, they proved it. They are the big sky favorites. Coaching changes all. It's it just it's college athletics. Crazy stuff. Nice job, Weber State. Weber State, if you can keep it up this weekend, because Dustin Chapman wants to know, if Weber wins out, can they slide into the two seed? Uh, Kyler, I'll let you go first here, because I think we're going to have opposing views uh, what do you think? Two seed a possibility for Weber? So I, I think they can slide into it. And I, I don't think JMU fans would even say, you know, Weber didn't deserve that spot because their strength of schedule will be harder. They'll have way more ranked wins um, if Weber State wins out, guys. This is just if they lose to Montana, like I'm predicting, then there's no argument for it. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes, you know, you don't get what you deserve. You know, it's not like that. Um, what is it? You can't always get what you want, but you get what you deserve. Something like that. You know, the Rolling Stones. Sometimes that was, that was, that was so accurately portrayed, like tune and everything. That was amazing. <laughs> you know, that was awesome. it's, it's the microphone, but yeah, sometimes you actually don't get what you deserve. And I don't think James Madison, even though Weber State's road will be tougher, even though they'll have the better top 10 wins. I don't think James Madison has given any indication on you can drop them. And that's my only thing. And I've been arguing on the page when people are like, Oh, Weber State, you know, it's it's some some of them saying they don't deserve a two seed. And my argument is they do deserve a two seed, but so does James Madison. And James Madison just hasn't given any indication for them to drop um to drop them from the two seed under anyone. So yeah, could they slide into it? Potentially if the committee's looking at everything. Um, do I think it will happen? No. And am I gonna be surprised if it doesn't happen? No, because like I said, James Madison hasn't shown a reason for anyone to drop them. I'll be happy with either of them getting the two seed because I think both teams will deserve it. Um but I mean yeah so technically they can. I just don't think it will happen. I just really think if I look at Weber State and the resume FCS to FCS is super impressive. But I'm just the type of person, and I've said it on previous podcasts, control your own destiny. And if I'm taking North Dakota State or James Madison this year, and I'm giving them two FBS matchups, you're going to play San Diego State, and you're going to play Nevada. And you're going to either lose both those games by six points, or you just need to get one more touchdown to win it. I'm going to pick James Madison or NSU to win at least one of those matchups. I know it's not a great argument to be like, well, come on. Yeah, man, really I, bang I, I think they lose but, both but of those matchups. <laughs> losing to Nevada 19-13 and then losing to San Diego State 6-0, if you just had nabbed one of those against, you know, San Diego State's having a good year this year. They were ranked till they lost this week. You know, they're 7-2. and two. But Nevada 6-4, and four, mid-tier Mountain West. I don't know. It's, you know, Nevada, I think – Colin Kaepernick played there, but I can't name it, many other players that came from it. So I think Weber could have won one of those games, and that would have – obviously, if they just won one more, this debate is put to rest. But right now, no chance. If Weber's 10-2, and two, JMU's 11-1, we know how it works. Your point is phenomenal, Kyler. Like, of course, they deserve it, but there's other circumstances. But I just think, you know, if they line up in the 11-1, well, 10-2 the- – it's not gonna end well, up with the, James Madison. The, the simple, the simple rating back. system gives you zero points for you know. I mean, they don't dock you any points for not beating an FBS team. Oh, so, sure. so if you're looking at a simple rating system, right. and I don't think any James Madison people have tried to argue it, but they're coming off really dumb because I'm correcting them all. Um, none of them can argue that James Madison's strength of schedule is even what 
Weber states as closely. So that plays a factor in analytics and the simple rating system is an analytics tool. So at the same time, Weber state could end up being the number two team in the simple rating system. I'm not positive because I'm not a math guy. They very well could. I just, and if that happens, I still don't see the committee putting them as the two team. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with those um, two FBS wins. Cause honestly, I don't think uh, North Dakota state or James Madison would beat any of them um, on the road. I mean, it's, it's just different. Um, you guys don't play many mountain West teams. Um, you play the bottom ones like Colorado state back then, but I would say, Oh, I'll disagree on that. Nevada. Really? You're not going to give us Nevada this year. Cause I'm also not sold. You guys are the champions Ooh. this year. Yeah, but you don't got to be champions to, to upset an FBS team 2016, you know, that those things. Yeah, happen. but Nevada's not that bad this year. That's true. They're not awful. I've always said, you know, the top tier of the FCS can maybe go 500 in a Mountain West or ACC or AAC. And I, I still firmly believe that if you're playing them week in, week out, I think North Dakota State could beat Nevada multiple times. If you're doing a 10 game season, you know, I, I don't think you'll beat them a majority of the time, maybe four times. And that, that could be Weber, too. I mean, we just saw them compete with them. They were only down, but they only lost by six points. You know, it's not like <laughs> it's not like they got their That's butts true. kicked. They they were up there with them. And Nevada is, you know, they're a bull eligible team already. They've been a bull eligible team since last week. So if we're talking about and, and the Mountain West is not a crap division, you know, they're they're on par with. Which sad is, you know, almost the Mount, almost the Pac-12 the last couple of years, because um, the Pac-12 has been a little down. But if you're doing a Power Seven conference, you know, the Mountain West is up there. They're not, they're not the MAC, so it's not like you're battling a six and four MAC team. Um, then I'd give North Dakota State and James Madison 100%. But I, I do think you guys can beat Nevada. But I also think Nevada could beat you guys if that makes sense. So, so Weber State losing by six points, I'm not going to really knock them or say, oh. James Madison or North Dakota State, you know, they might not have been able to lose by six. I think you guys could have beat them, and I think you guys also could have lost by more than six. Um, so that's right. It's it's one game. I'm not going to judge Weaver State too much. Um, they've proved that they are legit. It's amazing what scheduling will do because if James, if if Weaver doesn't play Nevada, it's their own fault. And yeah, if Weaver doesn't play Mon- Nevada, and they play, give me any bottom thirty FCS team. The Morgan State example. Anyone that James Madison played. Yeah. Anyone that James Madison played. Right. You, you know, you, you give them, you know, give them one of those teams and suddenly now there's really no argument. Weber's definitely in that two position. So uh, we got to move on to the next question, but that that's really an interesting topic. And it's only going to get heavier if Weber pulls off the win on Saturday. So Kyler. I still think James Madison's two seed, but we'll, we'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We could debate it all, all night long with this one. Kyler. We are looking for Mr. Jamie Williams, awesome stats voter, James I, Madison fan. Oh, go ahead. You got some? No, I was going to say I actually like this question. Oh, yeah. This one's good. Give me your biggest strength and biggest concern in the playoffs for the top five teams. So right now we've got we'll, – we'll, we'll just go off this top five if you're okay with that. NDSU, James Madison, Weber, Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa and Montana. So I guess I'll take number one, oh. North Dakota State, and then I'll toss you James Madison after that. Um, NDSU for me is going to be, oh, go ahead. I was going to say you could do UNI. I'll do Sac State because UNI is not a top five team. <laughs> All right. works for me. <laughs> North Dakota State then. Uh, I've said it the whole time. We're going to go with youth because at the end of the day, 
shining lights, bright things like that. Now, I will say this. North Dakota State, the youth argument is slowly going to disappear as we go into the playoffs because you can say they're young, they're young, they're young. But there's going to be a lot of teams with juniors and seniors that haven't been in the same spots that these young players have already seen. So I would say that that youth and experience is almost their biggest strength and weakness combined for North Dakota State. And avoiding injury will be big for them too. Uh, Kyler, James, Madison, what do you think? What's a concern and what's the strength for them? Uh, so the strength is uh, they're really a great overall team on all sides of the ball. You know, um, I, I don't think they have many weaknesses. If I did have to say weakness, and I'm sure Lawrence would disagree with me, that's, you know, why he's not on the podcast. But um, I would say I still, even though Danucci has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the nation, if someone's able to stop James Madison's running game, because I think the running game is what's making him very efficient, I'm not sold that Danucci can fully take over a game of throwing. Um, that's also me just being nitpicky because, like I said, you know, if I had to judge a team who has the least amount of weaknesses across the board, I actually think it's James Madison. So, um, yeah, if I had to be nitpicky and just because the question was pick a weakness, that would be my only one. But guess what? No one's been able to stop the running game anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and Danucci's been amazing this year. So He's been super Probably. efficient. So, so even like I don't have any stats and evidence to back it up. Besides, you know they don't throw much. So if they do get in trouble. My, my only backing is, yeah, he's been super efficient. You know, I think he's a top five efficiency quarterback in the nation. But if they stop the running back, because I think the running game is what's making him, you know, open up those passing plays. I don't know if he has the arm strength or anything to to really pick apart teams only passing. But good good thing for James Madison is they don't have to rely on that. Their running game is amazing. Absolutely. I'll let you roll into the next one too, Kyler, since we're out there in big sky country. Weber State, what do you think? What's going what's to be their weakness and what could be their strength? So their strength is is first, they're really well coached. Um, they lost a lot of players on defense and, you know, they're still one of the best defensive units in the country. I would say their strengths are they're well coached and they are very aggressive on defense. Um, their weaknesses kind of like James Madison, it's in the passing department, but there's way more evidence to back up this one. You know, if you stop their run, you know, James Madison not, might not be screwed. Weber State is screwed if you stop their run unless you're a bad team. Good stuff. Northern Iowa, sir, even though you don't consider them a top five team right now, <laughs> we have them here. 100% defense is going to be the strength for you and I. They are going to be stopping teams, con concentrating on controlling the ball, and using that physical run game. Um, they've had a few injuries, a big old tight end they lost this year, so that's kind of affected their passing game. They're really young on the offensive side of the ball in areas. So you and I, the offense is going to be the weakness. The defense is going to be the strength for them. So Kyler, and finally, give us a sack state to, to round it out. I know we'll do an extra one here. Yeah, so so Sac State overall, they are a great team. Um, they're a lot. If you look at all of their offensive and defensive um, stats, they're a lot like Eastern Washington last year, and they have a quarterback you know who was averaging four touchdowns a game while he was healthy. Their weakness is, you know, their quarterback's injured. Um, that is their only weakness right now. Thompson is is the difference maker for that team. When you average four touchdowns a game, and then you have to go to a new player who you know. We saw they struggled versus Northern Arizona. They struggled versus Weber. It's just a different team. It's a different dynamic, and they are not the same. So their weakness is their best player and probably one of the best players in all of the FCS this year is not playing. Absolutely. And uh, we forgot about Montana. I'll just say my opinion on that. 
every single Montana game I'm seeing, minus maybe a few, is that Montana like starts slow, or I get a message from you guys, or I get a message from friends. Oh, Montana's down 17-10. Oh, Montana's down 14-0. Oh, near halftime, we got a tight game. And then they explode for 40 points in the second half. So I would say explosive offense with the defense that could just kick it into gear and play really well. But slow starts is going to be a weakness. And the ability to just turn it on is going to be a strength. Would you agree with that, Kyler? Yeah, I 100% agree. Because um, we saw that slow start versus Sac State, you know, when they're actually doing a slow start versus a top-tier team. And then they just can't come back. Um and they get mentally defeated, but versus versus a team they know that they are on par with or they can beat, yeah, they do kick it into another gear. Um, the only other weakness I'd say are, are their defensive backs. They're not that good. Um, I think Eastern Washington was picking them apart, but we dropped like 200 balls that game, which was dumb. But their defensive backs are pretty bad. But their offense, their offensive weapons are legit this year. Um, that is their strength. Their offense is is nasty. Nasty, nasty. All right, Kyler, last one we're going to dive into here, and then we're going to hit the speed round because we're already coming up on our time limits here. Got a ton of questions to get to. Mr. Village Terrier, or now Beat Furman on Twitter, wants to know, what do you think about Wofford possibly sneaking into the eighth seed if Wofford wins their next two games? Obviously, this next week they're going up against Furman, which is a huge matchup. Um, there he's wondering with finishing with possibly two ranked opponents in November, cause the Citadel, he's hoping they'll be ranked by the time they meet and finishing the season on an eight game win streak. Do they have a chance to hit that eight seed? What do you think for Wofford there, Kyler? Do they have a shot at it? So if they win the next two, then they definitely have a shot at the eight seed, but it also kind of probably depends on what happens maybe with that, you know, Montana Weaver game. Um, but yeah, they control their own destiny. If if they win the next two, they definitely have a shot. You know, a win over Furman would be huge. Um, if they lose one, they just don't have a chance. Yeah, the chaos up up top between those seeds is really going to control the opportunity. No different than what you just said. But they definitely could replace Furman. I mean, if Furman's getting all that love right now and Wofford can reach basically the same win total as them. Uh, and right now you're looking at Furman's resume and what everybody's talking about. And I've been a big proponent of how good Furman actually is. But right now, Furman has no ranked wins. You know, they have an FBS loss to Georgia State and Virginia Tech, and then they lost to the Citadel. Well, Wofford beats the Citadel. Wofford gets to eight wins, you know. Uh, Furman's also going to play a Division II opponent next week. So that being said, Furman's going to sit with only eight wins. Wofford could sit with eight wins, but actually have a win over them. So it's definitely a possibility. If you're going to be talking up Furman right now, then you need to be considering Wofford maybe in that spot as well but it's going to be a lot of control based off of what happens between those Montanas and other teams. So uh, hopefully that answers it, Village Terrier. We're looking forward to your podcast as well to, to hear some more in-depth information on that in the SoCon. All right, Kyler, it's speed round time. We're going to start knocking out some awesome, awesome questions. We're going to start with one that's a little offbeat. Um, which admin has already started decorating for Christmas they are betting that it's you, Kyler. Kyler, are you already starting for Christmas? Man, I'm sorry to disappoint the whole page. I still have Halloween decorations up, so I am not doing Christmas. <laughs> we literally just put our skeleton, you know, that was outside on our bench um, in the house today. So we're already, you what, November 11th in, and we're, we still have the Halloween decorations up? No, I'm not. I'm not doing Christmas yet. Uh, it's 100% me. I am obsessed with Christmas. I love the holidays. I love the music. love everything. I have those corny little uh, Christmas village like 
really they're like oh yeah we type of houses that would break if you drop them oh yeah i've got i we put them up the other day the kids love them so dustin helton who is the one who asked this question oh yeah the houses are up dustin i'm gonna be putting up lights here soon so it's 100 me plus it's like the north pole here right now it was seven degrees today so i think that's on par that makes sense that's great uh kyler oh it is good it's good up here it's it's cold but it's good uh kyler should grass be on the hot seat now after the loss to tennessee tech no one in the Ohio Valley Conference loses to Tennessee Tech. You know what I mean but when I say that, says Mr. Brandon Owens. Should Grass be on the hot seat there, sir? As being fired this season? No. You know, he's brought a lot of success to JSU this decade. Um, but at least, you know, this awful season puts his name on the map to, you know, where he needs to step it up and, you know, maybe not have two more of these seasons in a row. But, no, he's there to stay. Um, he's done more for JSU than he hasn't done. So I think he can still lose a couple more seasons and still be fine before he gets fired. Nice, nice. So sticking around, which is good. Joel Mayer wants to know, how would you break down the tiers in the latest stats poll? Where are the breaks that are larger than other consecutive place breaks? Uh, I've been saying this for all year, Joel. I think that you have top eight seeds this year and there is a big gap in between who's going to be in our top eight maybe that seven and eight are a little weaker than the top six but i think there's a pretty big gap there but in terms of tiers i'm going to go right now great slash elite with james madison and ndsu and there's a break and then i think three through eight is kind of your great teams however this all plays out and then i think there's a pretty big drop off from these top eight seeds in comparison to who else is going to be playing sure we'll, we'll see an upset or two but I think it's pretty cut and dry in terms of who's where for those tiers. Um, Kyler, Mr. Jacob Martinez is actually calling you out with this one. Kyler specifically, he wants to know you were low on Campbell. So does their performance against KSU improve your opinion of them or further lower your opinion of Kennesaw State? What do you think? Yeah, this is a great question. And thanks for asking, man. Um, it. 2,000% lowers my opinion on KSU this year. You know, Monmouth already made me think Kennesaw probably wouldn't be able to beat anyone in the top 25 as Monmouth dismantled you guys. And then after seeing you guys struggle with Campbell, now I'm almost positive you guys can't beat anyone in the top 40. Um, so I don't think you guys look that good. You don't have any good wins on your resume, and you won't this season. Um, but guess what? You'll probably still make the playoffs, unfortunately. Um, sorry if that sounded mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kyler, you're all about spitting the facts and saying it the right way. So, all right, sir, with everyone else in the country that's on the bubble seeming to not want a playoff bid, if UC Davis beats Montana State and Sac State, can they actually sneak into the playoffs at 7-5? and five? Kevin Madoff wants to know this one, Kyler. Big Sky expert there. Can UC Davis still get in at 7-5? and five? Yeah, on, honestly, they can still sneak into the playoffs at 7-5. Um, I don't think they will win out, and if they do, you know, um, they're seven and four basically with with an FBS loss. If they do, you know, win out, so I th- I think that's a, at least a decent enough playoff resume. Um, they'll have one of the tougher strength of schedules in the FCS. Um, I don't think they're that good, and I don't think they would deserve to be in the playoffs. But with how everything else is happening in the CAA, the Southland, the OVC, you know, the Big South, I'm not positive. There's there's a lot of other good teams that deserve a playoff bid. So at seven and five, you know, basically seven and four with the FCS. Um, I think they could grab a bid uh, over some of the other teams, but again, I don't think they win the next two. I think they maybe win one, and I don't think this conversation will even matter. 
UC Davis. We'll see what happens with them. Mr. Adam Peterson wants to know, how about those Redbirds? Did South Dakota State not having Jabor Gibbs really hurt them in that game? So I got to twist my opinion on this one because I've received new information, Adam. I said on an earlier podcast about two, three weeks ago, after the NDSU game, actually, that you know SDSU was without Jabor Gibbs in earlier games, and there wasn't much of a drop-off in performance to when he was out, to when he came back. But that was clearly a competition gap. Um, South Dakota State was playing some really weak teams at that time. Uh, Jabor Gibbs is a guy which is going to help elevate them against the top-tier competition. It's pretty clear now with the last two matchups that SDSU had, once one against a bad opponent, one against Illinois State. So I think with Jabor Gibbs out, I don't I don't see South Dakota State advancing anywhere close to to Frisco or making a national championship run. Hell of a team, but without a, a quality quarterback like Gibbs, I hope he heals up quick, but I don't think they're going to have much success. And I think it really did hurt them, Adam, in that game. Can I also just like add something real quick? Yeah. Yeah, so this is a classic South Dakota State team. They lose these games every year, and people wonder why they aren't getting a top three seed. It's because they actually lose these games. Last year, they lost to UNI. Um, this happens almost every year to South Dakota State. And, you know, they have a slip-up game. It happens to uh, the best of us. Um, I don't consider North Dakota State a slip-up game. I think they play tough versus a rival. But then they do have a slip-up game to where they probably shouldn't lose to one of these teams. And I think that happened this week. On that note, Kyler, Preston Adams wants to know, is South Dakota State still number two in the nation? Please explain why they are. I know he's being facetious here about some of the comments that South Dakota State still is deserves a high ranking. What do you think about SDSU? Right? Yeah, I think South Dakota State is absolutely the top two team in FCS history. Um, I don't think there's any facts that you can say that they aren't because they play close to North Dakota State. Yeah, we're throwing some shade there because we see mostly from North Dakota State fans that uh, SDSU, when they lost North Dakota State, they deserve to maybe even move up. Um, this obviously isn't all Bison fans, but there's select few out there that have this mentality. Chase Kitty actually hit us with one of these facetious questions here. He says, UND lost to a good team this past week. Which of the top eight, eight seeds should they have in the playoffs? So it's kind of funny. A lot of Valley fans think that just because we Valley teams lose close or that Valley teams got close to NDSU that they deserve to be better than other programs. And uh, that's kind of catching up to them, and our page is kind of showing them that. So uh chase kitty hope all is well great hero sports guy and preston that's a that's a funny question we love that kyler though we got a few more to get here man outside of teams from the top three conferences who could make a deep run in the playoffs frisco maybe mr hall jones wants to know who do you think um man i i really don't think there are any teams outside of those top three that can make it to frisco so if you're talking frisco i don't see anyone from outside of those three conferences making a run now, if you're talking quarterfinals, which I think is a good run for a lot of teams, then yeah, I think Wofford will be in the quarterfinals again. I think Furman has potential. Sam Houston, if they do make the playoffs, you know, they actually play surprisingly good defense and they have experience in the playoffs. They can get it together. And those are about the only three teams where I'm in maybe Central Arkansas where I can make a case that say, I think they can make it to the quarters. Other than that, I don't see anyone making it past the quarters. I, I just don't. I don't think anyone else is good enough. NDSU versus Minnesota, neutral site. Who wins and what's the score? Mr. Brad Jans wants to know. Um, I love being 2-1 and one against Minnesota, Brad, and I love that NDSU made them look so bad. 
But this year, yeah, give me Minnesota at a neutral site. Definitely Minnesota is going to win. I wasn't a believer because of their weak FBS schedule. Um, literally, their first eight games were against very weak competition. But they took it to Penn State. And honestly, they should be favored to beat Iowa next week. Minnesota Gophers on a neutral site, they would beat NDSU this year for sure. Kyler, I'm not sure if this relates to you or not, but Preston Adams wants to know, what are your Hogwarts houses? That's got to be Harry Potter. Uh, do you have a Hogwarts yeah, house? Absolutely. Tyler? It'd be the one that makes Harry Potter never exist. Um, sorry, I'm a Debbie Downer, man. I don't, I'm not a fan of marching bands. I'm not a fan of Harry Potter. So, the, <laughs> so I know I'm going to get hate from a lot of people on our page, but um, yeah, I don't, I can't name any. So no, the ones that would burn the books. I, I I'm with you, man. Harry Potter was not my thing. I watched all the movies with my wife. She made me watch them and stuff, and I didn't mind them at all. But I I just I don't I don't have it down. So this is kind of a bummer. Usually yeah, we get a Pokemon give me question or something or, or something we... like that, and I'll I'll be down. Um, Harry Potter, nah. Yeah, Hell we're yeah. gonna get hate. Oh well. Uh, see this. This is what happens with Lawrence over oh, here. Lawrence you can tell he is, You can tell Lawrence. he wears his little Hogwarts sweater vest. <laughs> Oh, he 100% would have. Dang it, Lawrence. All right, I guess we'll get to the rest of the questions. All right, Brandon Anderson. I'll ask the same one as last week because obviously we had our bye. Realistically, what is the best FBS team that your team can beat? Also, South Dakota State. What the heck? Well, Brandon, we talked a little bit about South Dakota State. I think Jabor Gibbs really hurts them. So I think when they see good teams like the Illinois States, you and I, the games are going to be close, but South Dakota State may struggle to get big quality plays. Um, best FBS team that your team can beat, um, NDSU. I think there's a ton of them right now. Uh, Nevada, we could beat Nevada there, Kyler. So hundred percent. I think you guys can too. I just think they can beat you as well. Um, so if Eastern's playing the way that they've been playing the last two weeks now, granted it's been against, you know, bad opponents, but we used to give up points to bad opponents and not score versus them. So we're playing much better. So if we played at our full potential, you know, I would say there's a chance we could beat a Utah state or Hawaii, um, a couple times out of 10. Um, and those are probably the best teams that we can beat. You know, our talent level is similar to those two schools as we steal a lot of recruits from them. They just have more of them. So I would say, you know, on any given day, we might be able to beat those two for our, uh, the best FCS schools we can beat this year. Um, but it, I still wouldn't bet, bet on Eastern Washington to beat them, you know, a majority out of 10 times. Joshua Hoffman wants to know, can the Valley get four seeds? And he wants to ask about his FCS uh, game sign, game day sign again. Joshua, the Valley cannot get four seeds. That's because NDSU is going to take one of them. You and I and SDSU are going to play this week. I think the loser probably is bounced out of it. Illinois State's going to win the next two, so they're going to be a seed. So between SDSU and you and I, who wins it is taking that third seed, but there's no way they're going to get four. Your game day sign was awesome. Joshua put together our Snapchat logo, Instagram, Facebook page. He put FCS Football Fans Nation on it and rocked it at, F at College Game Day. So thank you so much for sponsoring the page, Josh. You are the man. Loved the sign. Kyler? Yes, sir. Dustin Helton, was, he was asked this question last year, but he wants to know, do you prefer chestnuts roasting over an open fire or Jack Frost? Nipping at your nose. Ooh, I hope got, I read that like a nice I got, Christmas yeah, storyteller. What do you prefer? Goosebumps there? when you read that to me. Um, ooh, ooh, yes. um, I think I actually answered this the same way last year. And it's Jameson. 
Dustin. It is just pure Jameson. It's neither of them. <laughs> I just want Jameson during the Christmas season. Give me the roasting chestnuts because <laughs> Jack Frost in North Dakota nips at my nose every <laughs> damn day. So it's going to be twenty something with... tomorrow night here in Houston. That's cold oh for goodness. Houston. It was seven degrees this morning today. Just I, I can't talk about it. It's too too young, too early. Can't do it. Uh, Kyler, what would you say to those who say that the HBCU and Ivy League teams don't deserve spots in the polls? This is from Mr. Adam Willie. He said he's seen this around on Twitter and Facebook before. What do you think about that? Man, I I almost think we've covered this now at like nauseum. Um, and I think you guys all understand our our stance. You know, they sh- at least my stance is I think they should be ranked even if they don't participate in the playoffs, you know, like the Ivies do, because it's a good gauge for how the teams are performing. And if you do play these, sometimes the CAA will play Ivy League schools. It's good to have a gauge on, on where these teams rank. But guess what? You're in the FCS. If you're in the FCS, you deserve to be ranked. Um, and that's kind of the end of the story. Um, to tell those people on Twitter, tell them on our page, to just who cares what they think. They're in the FCS. FCS team should be ranked. You ready for this, Kyle? I'm ready. Is the FCS ready for this answer? Speed round, but I'm going to slow it down here. Ooh. The 2007 North Dakota State Bison football team was 10-1 and one under Craig Bull. 10-1. and one. Hell of a record. Due to ineligibility because of the transition from Division II to the FCS, they could not make the playoffs. Yet, they were magically ranked somehow. Oh my goodness, the travesty. My point being, I commonly get from a lot of Valley teams and Valley fans that HBCUs and Ivies, if they're not going to be in the playoffs, why do we even rank them? Well, guess what? NDSU wasn't eligible for the playoffs, and they ended up in the stats polls with amazing records. So don't give me this BS about Ivy League teams and HBCUs can't be ranked. Because there's a pure example where it's affected you as well. If you're a good team, I don't care if you're going to the Celebration Bowl or the playoffs or if you've got to go study for finals. If you're a good team, put them in the pools. That's all I'm going to say about that. Get them. So, uh, get them. Nathan Papil wants to know, butchered that last name. Sorry, Nathan. You know I'm bad at this. Can South Dakota State still make the playoffs if they lose to you and I this weekend? What do you think, Kyler? Outside opinion, what do you got? Oh, uh, yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, if they lose to... Uh... Northern Arizona, I mean, um, not Northern Arizona, they would kill Northern Arizona. If they lose to Northern Iowa, you know, they're, they're still 100% in. Um, the only way that they might not be able to make the playoffs, and this is a might, would be if they lose the last two. And even if they lose the last two, they're still a bubble team. They could still make the playoffs if they lose the last two. So if you're just talking about what if they lose next week or this weekend, yeah, absolutely. They're still in the playoffs if they lose this weekend. Yeah, they would drop to – they'd still have eight wins at that point, and I, I think they 100% get in if, as long as they can beat South Dakota, their rival, the last week. Um, Northern Iowa – and no one's saying just because they lost to Illinois State 27-18 that Northern Iowa is going to go in there and beat South Dakota State. So I think people are kind of downplaying the Jacks, and I can see South Dakota State. I'm going to pick South Dakota State to win this weekend. So, uh, But we that's not the question. I still think they can make the playoffs as well. Kyler, pick the higher number for Saturday. This was for Lawrence, but I got you. Richmond points on the scoreboard or Navy slash red sweater vests spotted at BFS. So are we going to see more Richmond fans with sweater vests or are we going to see higher points for them 
at Bridgeforth. Mr. Chris Lamb. Oh, man. So I watched a couple of Richmond games, and I'm pretty sure all of them wear sweater vests. Um, this is not a weird question. Like, if you have watched a Richmond game, you get they all wear sweater vests, little tick sweater vests. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet on the sweater vests in this game. <laughs> sweater vests for the win. Uh, this is from Corey Clark. He has, he says, guess what? I'm going to ask again. If a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, will an NDSU fan still tell us about their seven championships? You're damn right we will, Corey. We're going to scream about it till the end of time. I know North Dakota State fans get overwhelming, Corey, and uh, they, they constantly brag about the accomplishments. But trust me, uh, this dynasty will fall and a new one will rise, and then we'll be hearing about well, theirs that's, nonstop. That's so the reason, just the way it goes. That's the reason course. why there are no trees in North Dakota. Um People don't want to hear it. <laughs> yep, that way we can just yell all the way across the field to each other. Yep, makes it easy. Uh, Kyler, who are seniors currently in the FCS who will make it to the show or CFL next year? Do any younger players declare early? Steve Makinik wants to know. Um, I'm going to say no on declaring early. I can't think of a, a time where that's truly occurred in the FCS. I may be off in that, at least for the last decade. So no one declaring early. I know there's a lot of talk about Jabril Cox, but I don't see that happening as well. Uh, making it to the show, uh, Derek Tutska from North Dakota State, our defensive end. He's very Kyle Emanuel-ish, who was a defensive end who was a stud for North Dakota State, played for the Chargers through his rookie contract. So I'll give you one there from NDSU. Kyler, you got some people who can make it to the um, show or CFL? So, so yeah, for like the younger players declaring early, the only way this is going to happen is if it's already a high-profile transfer who maybe got in a little bit of trouble and kicked off the team. I don't think, you know, we're going to see many declaring early at the FCS level unless it is that type of a scenario. Um, as for, you know, who's going to potentially make to the show, you know, if you're an Eastern player, you're probably going to the CFL. You know, we send everyone up there. Um, but I would say, you know, who has the best chance to make it to the NFL? Dante Olsen from Montana. I think he's an absolute beast of a defensive player. And, he, you know, he's, he's what? He's going to have over 100-plus tackles the last two seasons in a row. I I think he will get drafted somewhere around the sixth round. So if I just had to pick a name out of a hat on who I think can make it to the NFL, I, I think Dante Olsen is that guy. Awesome examples. All right, man, last few ones here. Obviously, NDSU, JMU, and several others have the resume to be in the playoffs no matter what happens over the next two weeks. But Hall Jones wants to know how many of the 24 playoff slots are still up for grabs? Rough number there, Mr. Stats Voter. How many do you think are still up for grabs? Um, So I did a little math. Like I'm trying to figure out where that question was. You're still going out of order, buddy. <laughs> sorry. sorry, man. I'll say, I'll say, Hall, um, I think uh, the auto bids, obviously, we can just you know count them. We got 10 bids there, so that's going to leave you 14 left over. I think the Missouri Valley is going to get another three in at a minimum. I think the CA is going to get two. I think the Big Sky is going to get you know another three maybe four there so if i do uh, well, let's just say four big sky three valley and then let's go another uh three yeah. from the caa you know i think maybe you have five i'll say five right now playoff spots that are open across for that 2014 field so um right now there's about 33 teams that have four losses or better and there's quite a bit of teams that have five losses which in a 12 game schedule can be a difference maker. You know, if you have five losses in an 11 game schedule, it's going to be tough unless you're, you know, maybe winning an auto bid or your, I guess they had a couple last year, you know, teams that were six and five. So um, five losses still gets you potentially in. So 
there's a there's you know 10 plus there's 33 teams with four losses or better which means there's you know 10 teams that are already fighting for that and then you bring in all those five loss teams man you're still looking at a really big bubble of maybe 15 plus teams that could potentially depending on how it swings the next two weeks and they're all going to be fighting over a few spots it's going to be crazy good yeah. luck committee with that good yeah i don't envy them this year it's it's tough this year for sure kyler what is What's the up? best brewery in fargo cheney and harrisburg do they distribute throughout the country mr adam peterson wants to know um i have i got i gotta promote the fargo there's quite a few ones that are popping up around here but i have to promote the fargo brewing company it was posted on our page they make an excellent summer beer i don't believe that they're across the country distribution right now but they put uh dogs that are from like for love a dog rescue and stuff that need saved from the shelter they put them on the cans with like contact information and where to find them and they started selling beers like that so I'm going to plug Far- Fargo Brewing Company. If you're up here in Fargo, they make really good beer. Uh, check them out. That's a really good one in Fargo. I actually saw that on Facebook the other day. I thought that was actually really cool. Yeah, um, super awesome. For Cheney, you know, there's the Barrel House in Cheney, which is is like a pizza pub and stuff. But I don't know if they brew their own beer. You know, when I was there, they weren't around. And there wasn't any breweries in Cheney that, that could change. So I, I don't have experience from what's a brewery in Cheney, but Spokane's right down the road. Um, and there's a lot of really good breweries in Spokane. My two favorite, you know, my, my number one favorite is a no library, um, Northern Lights Brewery. So I'm not positive that if they distribute all over the nation, um, your best bet would be go to Total Wine. And it's N-O-L-I, no lie. Um, they have some really good beers. My other favorite one in, in Spokane is called the iron goat, which is just an awesome name, but they have really good beer too. But I mean, yeah, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, you're going to have some really good beer, um, in Seattle, Portland, Spokane, a lot of great breweries. So Portland would be awesome because I know they're known for being weird. Like they have to have some awesome names, awesome beer. Yeah. If you want to come down to Portland, I'll meet you. Um, and there is the best breweries and bars and even just food. Portland is, it's a weird city, but man, it's, it's a cool little town. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, guys, Chris Hammond has our last question for us. Our awesome buddy who's going to be joining us down there in Frisco. It's going to be great. He says he wants stories from Missoula from Lawrence. That's the answer to your first question, Preston. And our last one here is uh, Lawrence was busy out with Kelsey in Missoula, checking out Eastern Washington, taking out Montana. He went to the Grizz game. It just, I can't even cover all the cool things he was messaging us about. You guys are going to have to hit Lawrence up on Twitter and on Facebook, tag him on questions and ask him how his experience was. He's not able to join us tonight, Chris, but definitely make a big post on Facebook and embarrass him until he's typing and answering questions about how he enjoyed his time. I mean, it, it had to be successful. He, he got a oh. girlfriend out of it. I think rumor has it that that might be true. Oh, the page is going to go crazy with that. Oh, yeah. He's got, you know, he's got a, a little cutie from Cheney, Washington. So um, one of Kelsey's good friends. So there you go. Um, his experience was better than anyone else's because he found love. Yep. The, the, it wasn't just the field that was red. The heart was red as well. <laughs> and with that amazing beautiful poetic line brings the end of our podcast kyler thank you so much for joining me tonight it stinks that lauren's going to join us we'll get him next week i'm glad we were back off the bye 
Any last thoughts about questions or things coming up? What do you what do you think about the FCS here moving forward? Man, it, it's been fun. Even though my team has been out of it and there's still Eastern fans that are holding on hope for some reason, and I'm not sure why. Um, it's been a fun year for the FCS as a whole. And I'm excited to, you know, have fun with you guys down in Frisco. If your team makes it, guys, you know, that's North Dakota, James Madison, or anyone else who, you know, could potentially make it, come have a beer with us. Let's let's have a good time. We'll be down in Frisco. Um, Lawrence, Matt, myself, you know, the Hero Sports guys will all be down there having a good time. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait. Guys, if you're just on, on this podcast, FCS Football Fans Nation, you can find it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us. Best place to dive into FCS topics. We do respectful debates. We have a lot of fun, a little bit of trash talk. Come join the page, guys, and get involved so you can ask questions on our next podcast. Thank you so much for listening to to us, guys, whether it was the morning or afternoon or evening. We appreciate every single one of you. Enjoy this next week. Maybe we'll get a little clarity, but I doubt it. Bring on the chaos. Bring on more FCS football. We'll catch you guys next time. Boom.